Starting and running a business is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Whether you're an established business owner or thinking about starting a side hustle to earn extra income, I am here to teach you how to show up as your unfiltered self, level up your business, and thrive as a mompreneur. Let's embrace the chaos and start enjoying the journey together. I'm Amy Tra, and you're listening to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Welcome back into the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. I am chatting with Bridget today all about parenting and mompreneur life and pivots and all of the things. So without further ado, Bridget, welcome into the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation today. It's a fun one, but it's also, I think, a needed one. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Because you are kind of on the other end of the spectrum than a lot of us that have the littles are navigating. So it's good to get this, this perspective of what life looks like when your kids aren't constantly saying, mom, 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 mom. So before we dive in, could you share more about yourself, who you are and what you do? Um, okay. So I am a, I used to say I was a coach, but I don't usually use that term anymore. I, I like to use the term like vision strategist just because it's fun. Um, but I'm also multi-passionate. I, I still work a part-time corporate job. I am a client success, uh, success manager for a very large um, coaching program for attorneys. Um, I've kind of spread my wings in a lot of things and um, running the revolt movement has kind of something that started about, I would say about six to eight months ago. And so those are kind of my focuses. I just recently moved to Colorado. So we're enjoying mountain life and um, empty nest life right now. So that's just a little bit about me. I have um, three golden retrievers, which are kind of my children now. They basically act like children, (laughs) which is why I had to lock them out of my office because they always tend to bark right in the middle of something that you're doing. So it's almost like the same concept. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had a golden retriever when I was growing up. And same thing, you know, they're like another kid, like him and my brother, they grew up together. They grew up at the same time. They were like, yes, dogs and children are are very, very similar in many regards. Yes. And I have three of them. So it's almost like I almost laugh because I only had uh, my son. I had one son and I never had that like sibling, you know, sibling. I have two brothers or a brother and a sister. And so I understand it. But then I had my son. And I was like, wow, this is like great. I just have one. But now I've three dogs. It is like the same exact thing. I'm like, they terrorize each other and they don't stop. And I'm like, oh my God, like I never get a break. They follow me to the bathroom. I'm like, I feel like this is the same. It's it's the toddler years all over. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so good. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. What has led you up to this point? Because you weren't always working in a business role, correct? As your own boss. That is correct. So it started out, I think my son was about five and I had worked my way up through a, so I worked a construction company. I've worked in construction since right before my son was born. Um, So I kind of spent a lot of time working up through a male dominated industry and I was pretty proud of myself. I got in, got into a high, you know, six figure position. And then I met my husband at the job that I was at and he was offered a, you know, CEO position at a competitor. So the decision was quit. I had to quit or he couldn't accept the job, which in that instance, it made no sense. Um, 
So we looked at it as a way for me to take a lesser job and my son was five. So spend more time doing mom duties, you know, that was soccer at that time. Well, at that age, it was everything, every sport they could play, every trip they wanted to go on and, you know, play dates and all the fun things. So um, up until that time from zero to five, I was a single mom with, you know, daycares and sitters. And so you didn't get a lot of time spent with them. So I was super excited about it. So it was, it was great. And then fast forward to what felt like instantaneously, but he was 12. Um, he basically, you know, all in, all in one sentence said, I don't really need you, mom. I don't need you to help me. I don't need you to pick me up. I don't need you to go here. I don't need you to come here. Basically like most moms at the 12 to 16 age, just give me money and drive me. If I need you to drive me, that was, <laughs> I'm an Uber driver, you know, <laughs> and an ATM. And I'm like, wow. So I don't really have a, a, you know, a corporate job that's fulfilling. I don't have something that's, that makes me feel successful. So what am I going to do? That's kind of what started the, I'm going to say the uh, entrepreneurial spiral on what am I going to do? And on the online space at that time was very heavy MLM, like network marketing. Um, I didn't, you didn't see a lot of coaching that wasn't like as big of a thing. Like I honestly didn't really even know that existed as a thing at that time. <laughs> so I dabbled in, I would say seven or eight network marketing companies failed horribly at all of them because I'm horrible at like, like here selling this product. But if I find another one, that's like 10 times better, I'm going to share that. So I was really bad at that. Needless to say, any of my uplines were like, you're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, I can't, I can't not do that. <laughs> um, so my husband was finally like, okay, these aren't working. Like, stop, like, stop doing this. They're not working. So he's like, what do you really love to do? And at that point in time, I was really into like fitness and going to the gym. And I'm like, okay. So I opened up my own gym. I opened up a, my own female only, um, lifting where we just taught, you know, uh, Olympic lifting and, you know, basically the idea of getting strong and becoming confident was the basis of the gym. It was great. I had it open for a year, but I did not anticipate how much time of my own time that I had to invest in that, which took like all nights. You know, so you're working during the day and all nights. And then the day they want to work out on the weekends. And I'm like, holy crap, I didn't, didn't anticipate this. And so when I was closing it, I decided to close it though. So mate, this is the funny part. One of the women was like, you know, it's okay. Like you, you taught us way more than like lifting weights, but you've been like my life coach. And I'm like, hard stop. What is a life coach? <laughs> Wait a minute. I can do this life coaching thing. And I'm like, that's, that's how the, the coaching started for me. And it's, that was about seven, seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Isn't it crazy though? When you do, I love how you call it the entrepreneurial spiral because it is. And so many of us come from these places where we feel like, all right, we're told we have to niche down, niche down, niche down, but you can be multi-passionate. You know, business itself is just a big old experiment of trying different things and and navigating different challenges and and two life goes so fast. So for the, the listener that is in the thick of especially like the toddler years that are just absolutely draining, it, it this too shall pass. You know, you just gotta know that it's a season of life 
there's yeah. going to be some days you just have to go into survival mode and that's okay. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. Not every day is going to be rainbows and butterflies and then throw in running a business and then it's just all out mass chaos. But you know, that day that your son was like, mom, I really don't need you anymore. How did you navigate that? Like that, that didn't have to be such an easy thing to let an easy pill to swallow. No, that was a like, holy crap moment where you're constantly looking at yourself in the mirror going like, so what is, what am I useful for now? It was like, almost like you, you lose your sense of purpose, your sense of like, this is what I, my entire world revolved around. Like, okay, so we're having, you know, dinners and you're cooking, making sure dinner's on the table at this certain time. And it's very set up and very regimented to where I feel like I know what I'm doing. And it just became like, oh, oh wait. So you're like not even coming home after school and oh wait, you're not having dinner at home. And I'm like, all of the things just became like non-existent. And it was a very, I don't want to say it was like, um, you know, hard, like crazy. Oh my God. But it was a pivotal moment in the sense of like, I had to ask myself, like, why didn't I prepare myself for this? Like I should have, I started doing the blame game. Like I should have prepared. I should have known that he wasn't always going to be like this. And I could have prepared earlier. I could have been further along. I think I started that blame game and kind of allowed myself to spin in that a little bit until I was like, no, like this is a chance to like reinvent yourself. Like, what do you want to do now? And just start and figure it out. And so that's kind of how it went. But yeah, I, I spent some time in the, the shame, blame, you know, woe is me stage for sure. Sure. Definitely. And it's something that every single one of us as a mom is going to go through at one point or another, as much as we want to say that we're not as much as we try and be like, no, my kids are going to be little forever. You know, time goes so slow. No, it doesn't. You blink and it's like gone. And it's just crazy to me. My oldest is turning nine next week. And it's like, wait, when did that happen? So literally we're halfway to 18. Like, this is crazy. And I mean, at that point, they're considered like legally adults. Like what the heck just happened? So, you know, a spiral that happens when they get into their teen years, like that's a whole nother, like you're trying to, so I had a son. So it was like everything I said, it was like, oh, but wait, you're like, because he got so used to like how, how I was as a mom, like during his younger years, he was like, when I started to kind of give him the, you know, more of the leadership conversations or the, I can do this, or like, you, you do know that your mom played sports in high school. And it was like, you don't know the answers to any of this stuff. Like I'm going to go to, you know, to my stepdad because, you know, he's the one who's been like doing all the things. And I'm like, what is happening here? (laughs) So I was like, no. And so when I started doing the businesses and I started, so I'm recording and we lived in a smaller uh, beach house in, in Florida. So he would have to pass through my office to get into his room. And I'd be like, no, you can't come in because, you know, mom is busy doing her business. And then it would become, oh, mom, how's your business going? You're like, are you doing good? Do you have people? And I'm like, okay, so now you can talk to me about these things, right? Right, right. That was like, that was the most odd thing. I'm like, so because I, I played, you know, that that role, I don't know anything. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just funny to hear, you know, on the other side of things, how navigating that looks. So what advice can you give to moms that are in the thick of it right now that are, are you, 
you know, 10, 11 years ago when you were navigating these things, what advice can you give them to help kind of pull them through? Say like the biggest couple of things are, is obviously every mom that's been, that's passed it now says it like, enjoy it. It goes way too fast. And then you blink and they're like, all of a sudden, I don't need you anymore type response. And you're like, holy crap. Um, but the second part is, is I think it, it like in hindsight, I would have prepared myself and some, I, I think some of um, the moms are doing it. They're starting businesses early, even though maybe it's just in a smaller role or it's just to have something going and they're letting it work around their schedule. And, and that, I think that's amazing um, for the ones that don't know yet, like what they want to do or how they want that to look. I think it, thinking about it early uh, would be what I would suggest as a, as the, the biggest thing. If I would have done that, I wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have gone through so many gyrations and maybe just known this is what I'm really good at. This is what I really want to do. I think I could have spent more time just thinking about that. Like, what do I want? How do I want it to look instead of then being thrust in it and just being like, uh, like at the, just figure it out, try all the things and figure it out. Right. <laughs> it's, I think that's the biggest thing. Just thinking about it early, there is absolutely nothing wrong with sitting down and saying, you know, what do I want from my life? How do I want to be fulfilled on the other aspect of it? Not just being fulfilled at home. Like, how do I want success and fulfillment to look for me outside of the family unit? I, yeah. I That is the thing. I If I would have spent more time on that, I think I probably wouldn't have gone through some of the throes of, <laughs> of crazy Definitely, because it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, you know, running the kids over all over God's green earth, doing all of the things, you know, over committing yourself, over committing your kids. It's so easy just to get caught up in the rush that I think that is such sound advice. Like, no, just take that time to really dive in and figure out, okay, you're still you. Yes, you're mom, but you're also still an amazing person that you've been all of your life. And yeah. knowing that, you know, the kids aren't going to need you in this capacity forever, you know, it does kind of ground you in a way that knowing, all right, you know what, this is, it's just temporary. This is just a season. And that's our job as moms to raise capable humans that don't need us to be taking care of them forever. I mean, at least 100%. for me, it is, yeah. you know, I don't want my kids to live under the same roof as me for their whole lives. I like know. they can come visit anytime, but I want to raise capable humans. A hundred percent. I think that's a thing that's like when, you know, I remember when my son was going through, I think he was in that 12 or 13 range, but he was going through what they called the the Navy, the sea cadets in, in the program that in this high school he was in. And they went on a week long retreat was supposed to be like a boot camp, you know, cause they mm -hmm. were, they were going through that. And he was literally like the woman on the, when they came back was literally the only child that knew how to make his bed. That was like, I can do my own laundry. And I'm like, what is happening? And all the kids were like, well, my mom does that for me. I don't, I don't know how to do that. And my son's like, um, I've been doing my own laundry since I was nine and making your bed every morning is not an option. Like at nine, it doesn't look the way it looked when you're making it at 12, but I mean, he was still having to do it. And I'm like, I, I can't like, I can't understand. And he, of course, you know, that's the reverse on that. Like some, some ways to look at it, he would always be mad at me for making him do things that he, no, none of his friends had to do, but on the back end of it, you know, now he's like, okay, well, I know how to do all those things. So my friends don't know how to do. 
<laughs> exactly. And then it's not as much of a shock to him, you know, when you didn't yeah. coddle him his whole life. I mean, my girls, I'm always trying to foster independence. Yes, it may not look pretty, but it really does. Okay. Number one, it equips them with the confidence that, yeah, you can, you can do this. Number two, they're contributing to our family and it's teaching them life skills as well. I mean, there's, there's days when, you know, they have their little chores and their jobs, like, okay, you're going to put away the dishes. There's some days I'm looking, I'm like, why is this in here? But whatever, you know, it's, it's part of the process and like, oh, I didn't know where that went. So I just threw it in a cupboard. Like, oh, okay, just ask next time. Like we, you've been living here your whole life, <laughs> but yeah, just knowing that, you know, these things, we do need to give our kids a little bit of responsibility and that helps them then become these contributing adults. And I, I just love that. So how do you, shifting gears a little bit, how do you find you navigate and maintain that balance of still working, you know, a little bit in a, a nine to five job and running the business? How do you navigate that? It's been all different ways, like trying to figure out what works best for me. And in the beginning, it was, okay, I'm back to my regular nine to five. And I did everything on the weekends or on the evenings and sometimes on the weekends um, just to get it going. And I did that for a while and then decided that I didn't really enjoy it consuming so much. It felt like I was going back to the fitness thing again. And then I just figured out like what, you know, had to ask myself, like, what do I want this to look like? It's a lot of what I ask some of my clients, like, what do you want your life to look like first? And then let's talk about what you want your business to look like, because it should be built around your life. So if you're looking for freedom and space and, you know, you want to be able to not be on a schedule and all of those things well, then we can't say, I want to run a very restrictive, like this is when we meet program, or I want to have 25 one-on-ones and they take up, like, we really have to plan around that. So I just look at that and I look at exactly what you say by seasons. Like right now I'm in a season of, I refuse to pick up my phone on the weekends. I don't want to. And so I don't. And, and anybody that works with me knows that you can message me and, and maybe, maybe I might respond, but I, I'm not on social media I don't, I I tend to leave my phone plugged in in my office and I don't even address it because that's where I'm at right now. And that's how I feel. And that could change, you know, later in in the next season. But for right now, it's, I just continuously do work around my life versus do, you know, life around my work. I love that because it is possible. It's just a matter of really digging deep and identifying what you want that to look like because we're, we're constantly inundated with the the hustle culture and the harder you work, the bigger the results and this, that, and the other. But we often forget, like we're in charge of developing our businesses and we can make them look however we want them to look. It's a choice. We can choose to be stressed out, overwhelmed and in total burnout mode, or we can make the choice like you and put that phone down and be present with our kids. We're prioritizing what's at hand. And that's something too, I feel like so many times we become slaves to these devices. We see it light up. So we have to like, okay, we're being beckoned. You hear a ding. It's like those Pavlov's dogs. You know, you get that hit of dopamine every time you hear it. So then this little, you know, rectangular device is just keeping us hostage and preventing us from living the life beyond the screen. It's kind of sad. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's like, I'm, I am a, like, I, like you have the the 
the hustle, you know, culture type concept. But for me, I don't think, I don't look at hustle as a bad word. I, I think that I love, I'm an action person. I love, you know, getting things done and being busy. But to me, it's dictated by when I'm, when I'm in that mode to do that, that's when I do that. Um, as far as the notifications, that's something that I changed. Like I don't get notifications from any apps. I didn't remove the apps from my phone because it's convenient, obviously, right. uh, but I don't allow them to pop up any notifications on my phone. It just, it, that 10 leads to exactly what you said. Oh, notification, got to do it. Um, and even with my son, he's older and he knows I don't even go to my phone. So if you don't, if you text me and I don't see it, like text your stepdad, one of us, his is usually dinging. I'm like, I don't have mine on that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, I did and the so, same thing. Yeah, I, I think that there's a way that we, again, we just have to work with, with what we want. Like I yeah. love working Monday through Thursday. I work long hours because I like to, and I love what I'm doing. I'm doing so many multiple things. And then on Fridays, I only work half a day and I don't work the rest of the weekend. And that's what works for me. I love it. Exactly. It's finding what works for you and really being intentional about those boundaries. I mean, I did the same thing. I took all those notifications off my phone. Any app that I use for work is actually in a little folder on the next screen. So even if I go into that reactive mode and I find myself picking up my phone, it still takes you know, intention. And usually I can catch myself like, oh, wait, no, I have to swipe over to the next screen. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I, I'm in mom mode now. Like my kids are home. These are not my work hours. But yeah, it's just that, that focused hustle. It's being intentional. Okay. For me now, it looks like when the kids are at school, guess what? I am nose to the grindstone. I'm doing as much as I can. But then once they get off the bus, it is mom mode. And that right there has been the biggest game changer and giving myself that space. And I feel like I'm more productive because now I'm not trying to do all the things all at once. Yeah, 100%. Or it's being proactive versus reactive, yes. which always is going to be beneficial to you, your, yourself and everyone that's you know in your circle. Exactly. There's never a chance. There's never, you can never go wrong about being proactive versus just being all, reactive all the time. Oh my gosh. Especially as a mom trying to run a business. Yes. <laughs> you know, plan ahead. It's fine. You know, cause you know, things are going to hit the fan eventually. It's okay. Um, but one other thing I wanted to talk about too, is the revolt movement that you have created. So tell us more about that. Oh, that came about because of the online space. Yeah. Um, so I have always been from the time I was a kid, um, until probably midway through my coaching online space journey, um, very rebellious, very do, do what I want, do how I want. I say what I want. And I allowed the online space to kind of steal that from me because we're all in this mode of, you know, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to be how we be successful, how it's supposed to show up. Like it's very, um, and you know, and these are the top people that you're supposed to follow to do it. And it just became um, so much that it kind of, I allowed it to steal kind of that part of me. And it became a, a way for me to be like, I need to step back from this because I'm not who I really am in this space. And so that started the idea of really me checking back in with myself, like, what am I, what are my strengths? What am I really good at? Like, what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? Like all of the deep clarity came 
as I moved through this process and I realized and, and what it is, is, is a complete revolt against everything that we've been taught for the last seven or eight years, depending how long you've been in the, the online space and really just deciding to do what we want to do and how we want to do it. And, and that's it. And like, that is everything. That means, um, you know, the being an entrepreneur seems to be like the pinnacle of what you want to do in life. Well, I'm meeting a lot of women who are, they don't want to say it out loud, but they're excited. They've gone back to a corporate job. They're, they're being successful. They're being fulfilled and they're not having to do all this crazy stuff on social media and their life feels good again. And I'm like, you should be able to say that like loud and proud without it being like taboo or we shouldn't talk about that. Or so I think it's all encompassing, like just revolting against really what the space has dictated for, for too many years. Oh my gosh. That is so good. I love that because yeah, it, you get stuck in this comparison mode of, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. Well, you know, that person's doing this. So you just get stuck. And I mean, it's such a head game then, and it just doesn't feel good. It leads us even more stressed out, trying to juggle all of the things, trying to be someone that we're not meant to be, that we're not comfortable being. That's the worst part of it is when you realize that you're, you're saying you're self-expressed and you're being, you know, you're showing up, but it really isn't a true self-expression. It's gotten lost in the, the shuffle. I mean, I have some women now that are like, I, you know, I'm really a down to earth, very humorous person and it doesn't show up at all in how they're showing up. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, that's because I was told that I shouldn't show up like that. And I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like more than ever, you know, women, moms, everyone should be able to express themselves exactly how they are. And I think some of it is coming back home into, and, and that's kind of what I did for myself and what I'm, I'm doing now is coming back home to realizing what that truly is, what that truly means and getting super clear on it. Because once you do that, first of all, the freedom that you feel from that alone changes how you show up and how you want to show up and what you want to do. And then, you know, it's like all downhill from there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is. I mean, for me, one of my non-negotiables is I will not use a filter on social media because guess what? I am who I am. And it's funny how often people are like, oh, you look just the same like in person that you do online. I'm like, yeah, because this is me. Wrinkles, yeah. gray hairs and all. Like, it's fine. This is what you're going to get. Why am I going to put a filter on, you know, just another mask of hiding who I really am. And that's that's something, you know, we're all just trying to chase these, this like perfectionism and trying to be these like bright shiny. I'm done with it. No, I am who I am and I'm cool with it. And I am here to champion the next woman that's stepping into that as well. Like our differences are what make us unique. That attracts our tribe to us. Like that's where our power lies. And I think we've lost that along the way. 100%. And for like, for all the moms, it's like, my girlfriend has a daughter and she's five. And I'm, I constantly am saying, reminding her, like, she's watching what you're yeah. doing and how you're doing it. So if you are showing up in that way, she's going to think that that's what we're supposed to do. Whereas right. in like, in the difference, when I raised my son, I fostered the, the, you know, he was the the boy that could not care less what he wore to school. And he would come out in polka dotted shorts and a striped shirt and funky socks. And I'm like, okay, 
I mean, and my husband was like, well, you're going to let him leave in that. And I'm like, I mean, what, what's the harm? You know, I mean, let him figure it out. It's that's what he wants to do. Uh, It's not hurting anyone. So yeah. You know, do I think that he should dress like that? No. And even now in his twenties, his, his dad is like, you know, why is your son so plain? He just likes plain, plain t-shirts and plain shorts with nothing. I'm like, because that's just who he is. He doesn't care. He's not flashy. Like let him be who he is. Like, yeah, so it's like the same concept. Like now that it, it's, you know, you're, you're letting them do it when they're younger and like talking to about it when they get older. And like, what do you want to tell him? Like to dress up like you, he's not you. Right. Exactly. My oldest still do the same thing. She'll be walking out in like these tie-dye pants and like a plaid shirt. And I mean, it makes me cringe, but it's like, what, like you said, what's the harm in it? She's covered. She's meeting dress code requirements. It's fine. I am going to pick my battles because I don't want to instill in her that fact that, oh, you have to look a certain way. You have to do this. You have to do that. If that's the biggest battle that we're like coming across, you know what? That's one I am willing to let go because one day she'll look back at pictures and be like, why did you let me do that? And it's like, well, that's what you wanted to do. That's, that was your style. So, hey, yeah, be you. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think it, it's fostering like the idea of that we can continue creating generations that are doing that versus creating this filtered, um, you know, type world that, you know, a lot of the kids, unfortunately, you know, are growing up in, in millennial, millennial, you know, society where everything is on the phones and everything's filtered. There has to be some realness in it somewhere. Exactly. That's where the beauty in life is. It's in the real, it's in the mess. It's in just embracing life and living life beyond a screen. So Bridget, this was an amazing conversation. Where can we learn more about you? I am, I mostly, so this is going to be the funny part. I'm mostly on Facebook and my son tells me that's because I'm old. (laughs) Um, Only old people still love Facebook, but I love Facebook and Instagram I I'm on Instagram, both Facebook and Instagram. It's just at Bridget Nora. So you can find me there. Um, mostly on Instagram, you're going to see stories of like the deer in my yard. Cause that's really all I use Instagram for. <laughs> um, but Facebook, um, yes, that's, that's kind of where I live. Uh, on Instagram, I do have a, um, link tree link where you can find some freebies and other ways to contact me or work with me. And so, yeah, that's come find me and chat for sure. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with our community of listeners. This was such a great conversation. I appreciate it. It was amazing. Absolutely. And until next time, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 